practice, actual performance or application, habit, systematic exercise for proficiency, the exercise of a of a profession, of a profession. Hi, folks, and welcome to another episode of Another Way. I'm KJ Bell, your host. So today we're talking about practice, and we've mentioned it, I've mentioned it, we've mentioned it. Uh, It's one of those days, folks. (laughs) I'm recording this on the eve of my birthday. I've got about four hours left until I turn a different age. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Because I don't want to, not because I like am vain, but because I'm so used to people going, oh, you're so young. It's like, yeah, I am. I know. Leave me alone. I was talking to a friend of mine about this. I don't like, I want to be older. I want to be wiser. <laughs> it's kind of childish. I, I, I have childish thoughts about not wanting to be childish. It's kind of weird. Anyway, today we're talking about practice. And I mentioned... I talked a lot about writing practice in the first episode and a little bit about it last episode. And, um, but we're going to delve deeper into the the idea of a practice and how to practice and all that stuff. So if you're, if you're a musician or an athlete, the idea of practice won't be that foreign to you, but you might have a kind of narrow idea of it. I know that I did. It was something that I had to do for a long time. It's funny when you when you go to school to be a musician, you have to practice. It becomes something that you have to do. And I don't know about you, but I'm I'm one of those people that I always have a hard time when I'm told to do something. Like I love reading, but anytime I was told I had to read a book, I I was very resistant to actually reading it and it took me forever. So the idea of practicing becomes an obligation for a lot of people that work in those professions. But if you, if we broaden it from music or sports, where you practice all the time, and we just apply the idea to life in general, you can think of most things as a practice. You hear people talk about like their yoga practice or their meditation practice, and it really is just sort of um, something that you are constantly working on and growing in. I read something the other day um, that talked about uh, the idea of professional practice and mastery. And I don't, I wasn't a big fan of the way that it was phrased in this book, um, just because I don't think that, I think that there are things that you never master. And I think art is one of those things. I don't think you should ever consider yourself to have mastered certain things. Because then you're you're done. That's what that implies. That's what I'm a master of this implies, I think. At least in the in the context of of this thing I was reading. And um I like the idea of constantly working toward proficiency, like the definition I gave. I think that's a better way to think of it. Um because that doesn't imply an end game. I 
I mentioned the idea of my what I call my pillars in the first episode. And just to reiterate, in case you didn't listen to the first episode, you should go back and do that. But anyway, just to reiterate, pillars are the things that you have to do to kind of keep yourself sane. So I've got four of them. Mine are um, writing, uh, music making, meditation, and uh, movement, working out, you know, some sort of, sometimes I do yoga, sometimes I go to the gym and do like weights or cardio or something, or sometimes I just go for a walk. And so that's my movement. And um, like I said in the first episode, if I do all four of those things, they can lift me out of a really bad mood or out of a, a, a depressing, a depressive sort of day. And if I don't do those things uh, for a while, I get very antsy and very, very cranky and not fun to be around. I mean, some people would say that I'm not fun to be around without, even when I do all four of them. But uh, those people are losers. <laughs> I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I can admit that. Sometimes I'm not my own cup of tea. Um, where was I? <laughs> so practice. I think that if we thought of things as a practice more, uh, it would take it takes some of the pressure off, I think. It, if you don't think of perfecting something, but rather practicing it, I think it's a much more healthy frame of mind. And that goes for whatever you do. You know, people practice law. Doctors practice. Although, I suppose that <laughs> that's not always the most comforting thing to think of, is it, that they're practicing. Um, <laughs> I'm practicing on you. I've never done this before. Um, anyway, forget I said that. I would say I'll edit that out, but I'm not going to. Um, but if you think of practicing whatever it is that you do, whether for work or for pleasure or for things that you that are pleasure that you hope might become work, um, it's just the idea of actually constantly, consistently doing it. So there's the noun idea of practice and finding what that is. And it really can be anything. And don't don't limit the idea to, you know, sports practice or music practice or law or doctoring. I don't I know that's not the proper verb for that, but I like the sound of it. Doctoring. What are you doing? I'm doctoring at the moment. <laughs> Lawyering. Musicking. Sorry, tangent. Um. <laughs> oh, you ever just make yourself laugh? I have to do it a lot. It's like one big dad joke. Anyway, so look for those things in your life that you can practice and that you can work on... Uh, Again, not mastering, but becoming proficient in them. I feel like if I ever get to a place with my music where I don't feel like I have a bunch of stuff to learn, that uh, I'll be very disappointed. Same with my writing. Sometimes it's hard 
when you have a practice that has no set uh I want to say curriculum because I'm a music because I'm an, uh, a teacher, but no set sort of way of going about it. Like I'm thinking about music versus writing and you know, let's just take playing the violin, for example. And once you get to a certain, like there are definite landmarks, there's, you know, these scales. And then once you master those scales, you can go on to those next scales. I use the word master, but, I mean, I guess within a practice, you do master certain things. Like, I would say I'm a master at playing some one-octave scales. Anyway, um, semantics. But there's a definite sort of course of study with something like the violin. Whereas writing, it's kind of amorphous, and there's no real sort of set goals that you can reach. I mean, yes, you can publish a novel. Yes, you can write, you know, 10,000 pages. Um but there's no standard way of measuring where you are as a writer. I don't think. Maybe I'm wrong. Happens once or twice, you know, a year. <laughs> um, so it can be hard to think of some things like that as a practice because you don't have those easy ways to say, oh, I've accomplished this. But that doesn't mean it's not a practice. It's very simple. So there's the noun of practice. Um, I think we're going to take a small break. And then we'll come back and talk about the verb of practicing. This podcast is brought to you by Great Grand Projects, a creative collective of artists on the web at greatgrandprojects.com. Dot com. So practice. There's another definition. Here we go. Uh, the verb, carry out, apply, to perform or work out repeatedly so as to become proficient, to be professionally engaged in, to do or perform uh Customarily. That's what that says. Do you ever have a problem reading your own writing? Sometimes I do. And then sometimes I have that problem of I can read what I've written, but I don't understand what I meant. And I have to, like, decipher. Like, what the heck did you mean past me? Why are you such a jerk? Just say it plainly. Happens in my lesson notes all the time. Anyway, so we talked about what a practice is. Now we're going to talk about how to do it. And here's the key. You have to do it. <laughs> it's really as simple and as complicated as that. Just doing the practice. And like most things, just the the actual act of starting it is hard. I remember in college, there were so many days where I would just want to go and sit in the lounge. We called the lounge in the music building uh, the Vortex. It was right outside the band room. And it was sort of this weird, it was like a hallway, but it was a room. And there were, it was one of the places where people had their lockers. And there was a table and chairs and a refrigerator and microwave. So everybody kept their lunch in there and then like heated it up and then they ate lunch. And it was right outside the band room. So it was convenient for rehearsals. But we called it the Vortex because when you sat down at that table, your odds of getting up 
<laughs> were slim. And it would suck away your time, a la a vortex. Um, but, you know, you'd, you'd sit down at that table and it would just be so hard. It would be so tempting to just sit there and just talk with people for hours on end and so hard to get up and actually start doing the practice, to actually get the instrument, uh, get the music, and go to the room and sit down and start things. Ugh. But once you're in it, it's much easier. It's so much easier once you just get going. And it's the same with any form of practice, I find. Once you get to the gym and you put on the clothes, your odds are a lot higher that you're actually going to do the stuff. Once you get the pen on the page and it starts moving, it's a lot easier. Most days. Some days, not so much. I'm not going to lie to you and say that it's always easy. But you have to actually do the stuff. And here's the thing, people. I, this is what I tell all of my beginning music kids. All of my music kids. Five minutes a day is better than one hour once a week because you want the consistency, okay? I do this thing. I don't know if I've talked about this yet, but I started doing it uh, not that long after I read uh, Writing Down the Bones by Natalie Goldberg for the first time. I call them my uh, my writing shots, you know, like shots of adult beverages, uh, shots of alcohol. You're, you know, they're quick and they're, easy. So what I do is I line up the notebooks with all of the things that I want to do, all the projects that I'm working on. I put those up. And as soon as I finish my morning pages, ideally, I go through and I spend five minutes on every project. I started with like 10, I think. And now I have uh, 14 or 15. It takes me an hour and 20 minutes to do them all. Um, and after I was doing it for a while, I had the thought, you know, I don't, I think this is kind of stupid, maybe. Maybe I should, you know, instead of spending five minutes on everything, I should, you know, maybe spend the hour on one thing. And then I went through the notebooks and I looked at how many pages I'd written of everything. And it was a rather large number and an impressive number for, you know, five minutes worth of work. And the other thing I realized is that doing those, spending five minutes with everything allows me to kind of keep up with it. Whereas if I tried to do an hour on everything, I wouldn't get to everything. It would be a lot bigger span of time between some of the projects and I would kind of lose what I was doing. Now that's me. I have, you know, 15 things I want to work on uh, because I need to. You may not have that. You might have one thing that you're working on. You might be writing um, a novel. You might be writing a screenplay. You might be working on just practicing the piano. You might be doing paintings. I don't know. Whatever. You might have one thing that calls you and sets you on fire. I don't. I've got more than one. But doing that the five minutes has allowed me to do so much that I wouldn't do if I were trying to do an hour every day. And also, an hour is a long time. You know, it's kind of daunting if you think about it. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to write on this one thing for an hour. That is some pressure right there. But if you sit down and go, eh, five minutes, I can do, I can do five minutes. 
on the hard days, I just keep telling myself, I'm like, okay, just five minutes and then you can do something else. Five minutes and you can work on something else. And more often than not, one of the shots is really difficult. But the next one is better. Some days it's not. Like I said, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you the truth. And some days I slog through for the hour and 20 minutes and every single one of them is like, oh my God, is this five minutes over yet? But at the end of it, I've accomplished something. I've written on each one of those projects for five minutes. And that's better than not doing anything. And to, to go back to that idea of, you know, five minutes is better than one hour once a week. It's, it's like I said a minute ago, if you spend that hour once a week on one thing, that's, you forget a lot in those six days in between. I see it all the time with kids. I did it myself. I, I'm not perfect. I didn't practice when I was younger like I should have, my music stuff. I see it in my kids and I see it in myself. You know, they come in and we work on this piece and we get it really, we get it pretty good. And then they go away for a week and they come back and they play the thing. And it's like all that work that we did went out the window because I can tell that they didn't practice. And I do it too, to this day. I worked on a piece this morning that, um, you know, for various reasons I hadn't gotten to in a week or two. And it was like, holy crap, it's like I'm sight reading this. Consistency is better than um, quantity, really. Because I think that there's, uh, you know, you, you hear all the time that quality is better than quantity. And um, sometimes that's true. But I think that there's, uh, I think that consistency more naturally brings quality in the sense that I'm talking about it. Um, Because there are times where I think that you should go for quantity. And quality will come later. But this is not one of those times. I guess you could argue it, it, it is. Because there's more times that you're practicing. If you do five minutes, seven days a week, that's more times practicing than the one hour, even if it's not more actual time. I think that makes sense. Does that make sense? (laughs) Sometimes this is easier when there's a person in the room and I say, does does that make sense? Because they can nod. Here I just have to picture you nodding or looking at me confused. I don't know. Um, The other thing that I find a lot, especially with musicians, is that we're not told how to practice and if this were purely a music podcast, podcast, I could give you a ton of tips and tricks on how to practice your instrument. But it's not. Because here's the thing. We're not told to practice because there's... We're not told how to practice because there's not one right, one right way. That's hard to say tonight. One right way. <laughs> one right way. I want to say one white way. Um, There's not one right way to practice anything that you do. Um, Because God knows that there are things that work for me that might not work for you. 
and vice versa. So the, you know, 12 notebooks, five minutes a day, every day works really well for me. It might not work at all for you. You might hate it. And that's okay. You just got to find out what works for you. And here's how you do that. You got to do it. That should be the title of the podcast is just just do it. Although I'd get sued by, uh, is it Nike? I think it's Nike. Let's just do it. Um, but you're not going to know how you should practice until you start doing it. Because you can think about it all day long, and you can come up with a great plan, and then that great plan might go out the window the second that you start doing it. So by all means, plan, but you've got to actually follow through with the plan. This is one of those do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do moments because I am such a good planner, and I'm less good <laughs> at following through with said plans. I'm getting better, better than I used to be. Um... You know, life is a practice in itself. I remember when I was younger, and I think that a lot of people think this way. I remember thinking that I would know what to do as an adult. Like when I was an adult, I, w I was going to be like so on top of things. And so like I would just know, like my parents obviously knew what they were doing or these, my teachers knew what they were doing. And then I became an adult. And uh, it took me... <laughs> It actually took me a lot longer to have this realization than it probably should have. Um, it was somewhere in my mid-20s when I had the realization. I was like, oh, everyone is making this up as they go along. That's all that life is. We're just making it up as we go along. We're just practicing life, really. That's what it is. So you got to figure stuff out. I know people, people who are very close to me, who uh, are making, well, I don't even know if they're making plans. They sit around and they talk about things that they want to do. And I used to be one of these people, by the way. Some, in some ways, I still am. You sit around and you talk about things that you want to do and you daydream about it. And you plan it, but you don't do anything to get there. Doing something is better than nothing. I connect it back to writing because when I was younger, before I kind of woke up, I, I, was, I com was completely subscribed to that idea that, you, that writers sat at their desks and inspiration hit and they wrote ma magnificently and... Then they stopped for the day, and then they came back, and they did it the next day. And that's not how it works. It it, it do take work. But, um, you know, I had the realization with writing. It's like, no, you write, and it's crap. And then you work on it, and you edit. And then maybe it's not such crap. But if you don't have anything to edit, you can't. Like, there's nowhere else you can go. And life is the same way. You have to you have to do your practice in life to get somewhere to figure out what you need to do next. You know, I find Newton's third law, for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction. I find it everywhere I look. 
it's like it's all that singing is made up of the more I teach voice lessons. Um, but it's true. You need to have an action to react. You know what I'm saying? You can't you can't move forward without taking a step. And so your step is finding your practice and actually doing it. And it doesn't have to be huge. Like I said, five minutes a day. I wrote... I wrote... Uh, I tallied it up at the end of the year because I like to keep track of these things. I wrote 2,000 pages in 2016. 2,000 pages worth of stuff. And you know, most of that was done in those five-minute shots. 2,000 pages. Five minutes a day. Baby steps, people. I'm telling you. I think it's another podcast, but uh, I do this thing where I figure out what I want to have done. I do it every five months or so, and I make myself a calendar. And it's it's I just break everything down in steps, like... I want to work on this project. I want to have five pages of this project done every week, and I cross it off when I do it. I want to have these scales uh, to this tempo on my violin by this date, and I figure out all of that stuff. And it's just those tiny little steps. If you can't take seven steps, take three. If you can't take three steps, take one. And here's the other thing about practices. You have to know when to not do it. You have to know how to recognize the days that are hard. I learned this in college doing music stuff. There are just days where it's not going to work. And it's better to allow yourself. I'm not saying give up. I'm saying it's okay to allow yourself to take it easier that day and maybe not do all of the five minute shots. I had that day yesterday because it's better to um, take a break sometimes than it is to keep slogging and uh, sometimes physically, sometimes it's better to take a break and not hurt yourself with certain things that you practice. Um, Again, I'm thinking of music because you can really injure yourself playing instruments. It's amazing. Anyway, so find your practice. Do it. But allow yourself days where you don't. I listened, I think it was another podcast. I don't remember what it was. But um, I remember one of the people on the podcast saying that you can be productive if your plan for that day was to not be productive. If your plan for the day was just to sit and not really do anything, like my plan is on my birthday tomorrow, um, to sit in my house and not talk to anybody and just bask in my selfness. Um, but if that's your plan and you accomplish it, you were productive. Don't let the specter of being productive eclipse that of practicing. Because practice and productivity are not necessarily the same thing. 
I, sorry, I just, I really liked what I just said, and I zoned out. I'm having a moment. <laughs> Do you ever have that? Where you're like, oh my God, I'm smart. <laughs> I had one in a lesson one day, and uh, I said, I came up with this with this really cool idea, and I was just so impressed with myself. It was very... Uh, it was a little much. It was like, oh my God, get me a doctorate in music education right now. I deserve a doctorate for this idea. I was very excited. And uh, two days later, that student's parent brought me a doctorate. She made a little doctorate and it's hanging on my wall. I can look at it right now under my actual, my actual, uh, my actual degree. I didn't never pronounce that word right. Oh, well, enunciation, but it's hanging under my actual uh, bachelor's degree. It's so funny. So now I have a doctorate. So get out there and find your practice and uh, do it. I think that's it for this episode. So this is KJ Bell reminding you it is okay to be an artist It is okay to create. It is okay to be exactly as you are right now. It is okay. I am okay. And you are okay.